totally forgotten about it because I didn't participate in it. But do you remember Hands Across America in 1986? Oh, yeah. None of us participated. That was all virtual, like... Yeah. Special well, facts well, when I show in that. Pittsburgh. You might have been. In, you might have been in Pittsburgh. I was. So I saw it, it on TV. Pittsburgh. I'm like, this is all fake. This is just a special effects Steven it's Spielberg like, put together. It's like the moon landing. It's totally. It's totally made up. It People is. aren't really home. No, but I think I was at that point. You know, because you know I'd spent the two ninety nine on that Band Aid single <laughs> to help the starving kids in Africa, and then yes. I bought. The USA for Africa album, like I said, I think I blew eight ninety nine on that, and it was like you know one two years later, and they're like <laughs> they're still starving in Africa, and I'm like, no, I really don't think that I can, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, Skip I'm not going to be duped anymore, you know, like the money is right. not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking of writing two. I believe he's Sir Bob Geldof now, and asking if I could yes. get my two ninety nine back right. that I spent in nineteen eighty four on Do They Know It's Christmas the forty five. 80, oh, 84. That was 84. Yeah. yeah, it was Christmas in 84. And I like, Hands Across know, America was like 86. Or 86, May 25th, 1986. I remember the cameraman saying, or somebody like, there's supposed to be all across America, but there's large gaps here and there where there were no people. But that's, you know, yeah. And then they zoomed in, and it was because Maud was murdering all those people. It's the SETI Bimco Show with your hosts, Tim and John. The show is haunted by the ghost of Jane Austen. Maybe you'll see her. It's Seti Bimco Show, a show about high school weirdness and calamities, both real and in movies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll watch movies that were have nothing to do with high school, I guess. You know, just something that was part, that was around when we were growing up. It may have been, mm-hmm. you know, in some cases we were very young children, like seven or eight years old, like the movie we're going to talk about this week. Yes. What's the name of this movie? It's called Satan's School for Girls. Okay. See, last week, Tim picked The Boys Next Door. Tim went with The oh. Boys. I went with The Girls, which is like a total 180 of what we normally do. So this is like <laughs> some sort of bizarro, you know, alternate... It's like the Twilight Zone. ...alternate dimension where, mm-hmm. like, Tim picks The Boys and I pick The Girls. Mm-hmm. And Seti Bimco is a podcast where we have about 3 million listeners and where <laughs> we talk about our lives as ex underwear models and, uh, and not like JC Penny catalog underwear models. We're like, I'm no. talking about like Alan Klein, Ralph Lauren, Aussie bum. And I mean, as Don't long as we're doing all that, you know, we, can, we complain about having, you know, abnormally massive <laughs> penises and it's, you know, it's that, that is the alternate universe. Okay. That's our alternate universe. Oh, yeah. I got it. Got I didn't it. get that. It's funny you mentioned models because if we're going to talk about what we did this week, I watched the, there's a documentary about Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, did you hear about this? I have heard about it. I haven't seen it yet. Do you know the kind of basic scandal? Wasn't it? Sc- uh, yeah, it, it wasn't it like questioning, like it was sort of borderline softcore porn. Was Is that what they're getting well, at? Well, no, no. The basic the basic problem was they were hiring white blonde people and wanted, and it was like, this is our clean American look. And mm. if they came in the store and there's too many people of color, they're like, hmm, put those people in the back. Need to hire some white people out here front. So that's basically what was happening. Oh, I see. So uh, it was sort of like, you know, if, Hitler if, and the if, final if, solution, the, the, the Aryan master well, race yes. at Abercrombie and Fitch. If you look back at those all those old ads, it's just young guys and girls, blonde, white. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, sure. And the other thing was the man who took the photos. Uh, what was his name? 
Bruce Weber. Bruce Weber, yes. He's known for taking some erotic photographs. And all those photographs are very erotic of young men. And like there was mentioning that all the kids love the clothes that went totally over their head, how uh, yeah, kind of they weren't really homoerotic that was. Yeah, and they weren't really wearing the clothes, you know. I mean, No, they yeah. weren't wearing the clothes, weren't just really, their underwear. Yeah, this is what you would look like. Basically, you don't need to so, go to the gym, just wear Abercrombie and Finch. And yes, you will have a so, body like that. They had a shirt. They had these fake logos, these fake shirts. And that one was a... Uh, Japanese laundromat. They had the two stereotypical Asian cartoon people, and the, it said, two Wongs can make it white. So I don't even remember this, but then a lot of people started uh, boycotting the stores, a lot of uh, Asian Americans and other people, and just boycotting how, uh, you know, how that I was don't awful. Re- I, don't re- I mean, I vaguely kind of remember. Now you're like, yeah, I shop there all the time. Oh, God, no, no. I was not. the tar- <laughs> Trust me. Because by the time Abercrombie and Finch started getting hot, I was like... Yeah, me too. I think I was already in my early 30s. You know, I don't think I was their target demographic, you know? We were we were already taking aspirin after yeah, we going were out like, and having two beers the night before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, I wish I could just get by with two aspirin now. I can't even do that. But there's a mansion for sale. You sent me an email. Yes, the Mackenzie Childs estate. I'm mm-hmm. using estate. air quotes. Um, For a million bucks, you can live in Auburn. One, 1.8 million. Actually, it's 1. out. 1.8 million. Actually, it's out. Actually, you've been by it several times. You yes. probably didn't realize it. Or maybe you did. Well, I no, I don't think I did realize it. Because but I know on, what part of route, town. Yeah, it's on Route 90 between King Ferry and Aurora. Okay. So, so yeah. what town is it? That's the town we went through I, I, when we were going to see you. Yes. And I said, look, Gene, there's a whole crowd of angry white people marching down the street. And, and uh, that's what it looked like. I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> I don't know. It. It's like when they have those anti-GOP rallies in, in the commons in Ithaca. And it's like, isn't this kind of an echo chamber? <laughs> you got like 88% yes. of the population voting Democratic. I mean, are you mm-hmm. really going out on a limb here? Hey, they got to show up. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know, but anyway. Um yeah, so it's on the market so. for $1.8 million. Uh, okay. With my savings, I figure I only need to come up with uh, $1,700,970, $970, and it could well, be mine. When we get a sponsor. You'll... Yeah, we do need a sponsor, but I don't think it's going to be Victoria and Richard McKenzie Charles. But anyway, it was their former <laughs> home, and I used to work for them. And as a matter of fact, if you pull up, and I'm not, I don't know what that website is now. I think about, you know what, I'm not going to advertise. The You're not going to advertise it. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so. If you pull it up, you can see where John buried a body and they're on their estate. They're, they're under trees. There's this one shot of this brick driveway <laughs> and there are all these trees mm-hmm. going down either side. And I buried, or I, I plant, I helped plant those trees 30, what? well, now 31 years ago. And under each, of those, each, under each of those trees is a body. So let's talk about this movie. This is a week we, uh, we talk about a movie because we usually uh, interview somebody every other week. Or so. so. John, did you write a synopsis to, to uh, start us off? Well, let me start out with the reason why I came up with this, why, oh, how I okay. came up with this. I sort of stumbled upon it. And, uh, you know, I always like to check um, Chris Pine's Wikipedia biography just in case he decided to come out of the closet. And normally it's like he's date. like I'm hoping, you know, it was, you know, in March of 2022, 
Chris Pine announced that he is now openly gay. Um, but no, it keeps really? saying that he's a, yeah, <laughs> it keeps saying that he's in relationships. Uh, his latest beard was one Annabelle <laughs> Wallace, a British actress. Uh, uh, but apparently they have broken up. Uh, they was dated she, until 2021, so 2018 to 2021. But was I she did, a British actress who was on Doctor Who? Uh, yes. So okay. they break up, yes. Um, and they it was actually on People.com. They break up after four years of dating. She just got tired of Ooh. being She just got tired of being in the beard. She just got tired of being in the beard, Tim. Okay. So anyway, so I'm looking through, and I'm looking through. And, of course, I know about Robert Pine being his dad. He was the sergeant on Chips. I didn't. I don't think I knew that. You did not know that. <clears throat> I did you, not. Do you recall Chips? Yeah, I didn't love it, but I saw it here and there. Well, he was the sergeant. He was. The, mm-hmm. was I remember his face, blonde right. guy. Uh, no, that was Larry Wilcox. He was. Well, maybe he was kind of blonde. I don't know. He was a little darker hair. He was like you know. He was like the boss, and that was Chris. Okay. That's Chris Pine's father. And then I also found out his mother is one Gwyn Guilford, who was an actress. She's a retired American actress and psychotherapist because of course you know one leads to the other um and then i just happened to go through and had roles in the film and they go through there and it's like satan's school for girls 1973 i'm like satan's school for girls what? i gotta check this out so here we go so satan's school for girls it's a 1973 american made for television horror film produced by one mr aaron spelling yeah yeah, uh, and Le- oh, Leonard Goldberg was the other producer. Um, he uh, he currently is doing Blue Bloods. He's done a lot of television too. He's. Uh, but did, did you see who wrote this? Yes, the uh, it was A A one A A Ross, Ross, which is Arthur A Ross, who was mm-hmm. Oscar nominated for writing the original screenplay for Brew Baker, mm-hmm. and he also co-wrote the original Creature from the Black Lagoon in nineteen fifty four. Yeah, that's what I was surprised to see. But I was, you know, the Brewmaker, that was the Robert Redford movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got nominated for a Academy Award for writing that. And I was like, well, so actually, I mean, you know, you got, I mean, like his television or not, Aaron Spelling was pretty successful at what he did. Uh, Leonard Goldberg, yeah. I knew. And you had this fantastic. Um, Aaron Spelling this, was always odd to me, the, all the stuff he produced, it, it, it's not like he directed it, but it always has this, uh, he's the opposite of David Lynch. You know, David Lynch, you can tell there's a lot going on under the surface, mm-hmm. even if it looks normal. Aaron Spelling's stuff looks normal, and I'm like, there's nothing going on under the there's surface. There's nothing really going on under there. <laughs> there's nothing really good. He obviously knows something, uh, what he obviously had his, to, to use a metaphor, had his finger on the pulse of America, because Many things. that's what they wanted. For people who don't know, Love Boat, um... Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island, uh, 90210, is that him? 90210, Melrose Place, Dynasty. Dynasty. And uh, Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven, yes, which I never really saw. Again, I wasn't the demographic for Seventh Heaven. Again, It's funny, I kind of, I must have been something going on in my life that time. I would see that on and I'd kind of watch it and be like, yeah, that's okay. But it it had two, had Captain Decker from Star Trek Motion Picture. And it had the woman. From Star Trek Four, who was the marine biologist. So it was really odd what these two, That's if I remember right. right. Yeah. Yes, and I can't remember the actress's name, but yes. She, she went on mentioned. to be in the first Chucky movie, didn't she? 
Was she? Yes, I believe you're right. Was she the mother? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. No, I'd forgotten about. It. You know, now she mentioned. <clears throat> yes, yes, she was the marine. But actually, Star so. Trek Four might have been. It might have that might have been my favorite Star Trek movie in the whole. Ooh, series. controversial statement. Let's well, move on. Well, I mean, it was very timely though, at the time. You know what I mean about was, you know the yes. ecology and and the environment, and so you know I think maybe that's why. Are you watching Picard? I am not watching Picard. I really you don't care. Kind of, but no, it's not that I don't care. I've just mm-hmm. been kind of budgeting myself. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm. Well, you I, know, did, like I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to tell you a spoiler, but if you want to know a little thing, well, go ahead, tell me. I'm sure I could read it online Do anyway. You, do you remember Star Trek Four? If those, if you're not done watching Picard season two out there, just turn off the tape for a few seconds. Star Trek Four. Remember they rode on the bus and there was the punk rocker playing the boombox and, and Spock uh, gives him the Vulcan death grip. Yes. Yes. And yeah, every, I everybody, did, yes. everybody claps. Well, a little spoiler: they travel in time in Picard two. They go to San Francisco. Two different characters get on the bus. That same actor, same character, with a boombox in the year twenty four. It's like. A little bit in the future. Oh wow! Uh, he's he's playing music, and they um, ask him to turn it down, like they did in the movie. And and he he goes, oh oh, sorry sorry, I just like the song, and he turns it down. <laughs> same actor, same character. Isn't same that so- oh wow, that's great! I did see where um, Star Trek Strange, Strange New Worlds. Yeah, the actor who plays Spock is one. Yeah, who is that? Mr. Ethan Peck, grandson of Gregory Peck. Really? Really. I he, did not know that. Yes. And is there another Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery? Is that the other? What's the other series? Uh, yes, that's, that's just, yeah. And mm-hmm. I believe he plays Spock on that as well. He did. This is a, a spinoff. A spinoff of a spinoff of a, yeah. Okay. I'm, in it, I'm in it deep, John. Yes. Let's move on before our, our listeners start killing themselves. Okay, let's get into Satan School for Girls because we are already... Oh, gee whiz, what are we into? Oh, we're 25 minutes into this dog and pony show already. Well, well, this movie is... You know, I'm going to have fun talking about it, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot to talk about this movie. It's uh, no, pretty short, it's pretty and there's short. not much going on under there's the not, surface. Here's the thing. There's a lot that could have been going on, but I'll talk about that later. There's okay. a lot that happened in like about the last 15 or 20 minutes where I was like, Hmm, you know what? If you had explored that thing that you just spent two lines yes. to, talking about, that actually would have been a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to start out with, uh, I'm going to give the little opening synopsis of it. <clears throat> yes, do that. Uh, a mysterious person seems to be chasing student Martha Sayers, who drives to her sister's lakeside house in Los Angeles. The same day, the police and Martha's sister, Elizabeth, find her hanged in the living room. The police rule her death an unmotivated suicide, but Elizabeth refuses to believe this and investigates further. She decides to visit the exclusive academy that Martha attended, the Salem Academy for Women, despite warnings from Martha's roommate, Lucy Dembro, Mm -hmm. played by Gwen Guilford, a.k.a. Mother of Chris Pine. Under the assumed name of Elizabeth Morgan, Mm -hmm. she enrolls at the college where she is welcomed by her classmates, Roberta, Debbie, and Jody. Oh, great. Don't make me remember these names. I gotta I'm not going to make you remember those names. Debbie. Pull up, pull up the Wikipedia <laughs> article and just look at the cast. Oh, no, I did that. That's what I yeah. do when I normally talk about these things. We can say Kate Jackson. We don't have to call her. 
you know, she was, yeah. Yeah. I was like Kate Jackson. Wow. We don't have to call her Roberta. We can refer, we don't have to call Cheryl Ladd Jody. We'll just, cause I don't remember their names. I kind of remember Roberta because they said her name a lot in the end. So but, uh, yeah, we could just call him Cheryl Ladd. You know, we're going to call her Joe Van Fleet. I fell in love with Kate Jackson all over again. I got to say that. She was, you know what? She was my favorite angel. I will say that. I never watched that show. I did. I had <laughs> I two, did. I had two, you know, I had two brothers who would wind up growing up into heterosexual men and they, we would have I, that on. And my I tried also, to watch it. My, my also very friend. heterosexual mm-hmm. father. So, okay. um, yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so she gets, so she goes, Oh, you, are you done? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm done. That's sort of, that's how the, uh, that's how the, that's how the beginning starts. She's being followed. You never really she, see her. She being basically followed by anybody. Oh, the, the, we're talking about the, the woman at the beginning. The sister, yeah, the sister. Yeah, right? she's she's running, she's driving her car, and and Stops we don't see what payphone tries to her. call, collect the sister. And I know she said she'd be home, and I'm like, well, geez, bitch, you know, you think she'd be sitting at home twenty four seven waiting for a call she may or may not get from you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, so anyway, you were going to oh. add. Um, I've been derailed, I'm not sorry. by you, just just my thoughts. Well, there is oh, a lot, I, there's a lot to think about. I was going to say that, that she, they go to the, the house where the woman has hanged herself or is that her, her roommate. And she asks the police if they can break the door open. And the, and the cop instantly takes out his gun. Shoot the, the door lock off. Well, you just <laughs> couldn't have put a little shoulder in that officer. I mean, come on. <laughs> it, and it was the chain lock too, for you people know. who didn't see it wasn't, the lock lock it was the yeah, chain it was, lock it was the, just the they chain already lock. opened you just, the door. you just couldn't have just put their shoulder in it i mean <laughs> that was funny uh, that was i mean what if she was just standing right there on the other side of the door i know <laughs> what do you think it is uh well, 2022 you know, LA, this LAP, police officer LAPD, you know <laughs> there you go uh not gonna be a sponsor LAPD. not gonna be a sponsor <laughs> the police benevolent <laughs> association in los angeles will no also not be a sponsor of this show no if you ever want to get frustrated about lapd don't even you don't even want to go as far back and you don't even want to go as far forward in history as oj read helter no. skelter how they botched mm. all the evidence at sharon tate's yes. house right so the, um, the, the police so the police <laughs> shoot the door down yes. so they <laughs> shoot go. The, she, so she they hung herself station, and they, she hanged herself and you know and then she goes to the cop and she's like i know she didn't and he's like well you know everything was locked from the inside and she was hanging from the ceiling i don't know what to tell you you know it's like you know we really are not going to investigate this any further and she says can you get her help get her down and he takes out his gun (laughs) shoots the rope (laughs) somebody cut her down (laughs) boom and she just falls to the ground very very (laughs) insensitive that lap day so she gets into the school, which I guess is not very elite. I didn't. We never saw her take a test, or like she just showed up and and she, got in. So yes, and it's like halfway through it's, the term. It's basically a community college, Salem Salem's Community College for girls. Yes, it's one of those all women's colleges. And please, feminists, please do not please do not write into me. I am a feminist. Trust me, I was raised by a single mother, so do not <laughs> write into me. But there was this certain grade of school that were women only, mm-hmm. where wealthy people would send their little princess, yes, in the hopes of maybe snagging an engineering student from MIT <laughs> nearby. Again, I'm not, yes. you know, don't 
don't use me to be a sexist. This is how it kind of was. This was yeah. 1973 before a woman could even get a credit card on her own. Right. Um, is that true? Are you making that? It is true. No. Like, Tim, in our lifetime, like, we, like. Women could not get a credit card. Women, oh. women could not get a credit card of their own until, like, 73, 74. I think four. Did, that, did that come up in Trog? Well, that was in the UK. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I'm trying. This is this is in Massachusetts. I'm pulling a joke out of nowhere. Well, no, that was a good joke, but you know, no, no it doesn't exist. The joke, the joke is not happening. Well, no, it's, it doesn't really have to be a joke. It can be thought provoking. Now I will be thinking the rest of the time. How did Joan Crawford start that anthropo- anthropological institute if she couldn't get a credit card? Right. That woman. That woman. <laughs> so yeah, so she gets to this. Uh, she gets to this it's school and she starts all meeting girls' school because yes, it's Aaron Spelling. Also. And her name is Elizabeth Sayers, but she goes under the, the she goes under the assumed name of Elizabeth Morgan. She wasn't very Morgan. creative in her name, <laughs> no. like in her assumed identity. Like she really didn't, you know. First, it first it was uh, first it was uh, Smith, but she thought no, 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 not Smith. <laughs> no, we couldn't, we couldn't do that. And we ha- and. Uh, so she and they call the headmistress mistress dragon lady about a hundred times. A hundred times. Yeah, and they wind up calling her by her real name, which I think is Miss Williams at the end. Is it Miss yes. Williams? Yes. But it's like, I don't ever remember them calling her by that name through, throughout the whole movie. Towards the end, they start calling. And the headmistress is played by Academy Award winner, mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actress, mm-hmm. Joe Van Fleet. Right. Again, another Academy Award winner, kind of on her last legs. This is not her last movie, is it? It is not her last movie. Actually, she did a Roman Polanski movie called The Tenant. I did not realize, because I have seen both Repulsion, which was Polanski's first English language feature, Mm -hmm. and I also believe the first English English language feature of Catherine Deneuve, if Dirk and Marcy are listening, you know, because she was in Uh The Hunger that they just reviewed a few weeks back. That's right. We didn't mention Dirk yet this episode. We did not mention That's, Dirk yet. It's it? bad. No. It's bad luck not to mention Dirk. It really is. Or Marcy. and Marcy and or Marcy, Marcy too. Um, <laughs> and we then, just don't make fun of Marcy as much as Dirk. So he called Sorry. it. The, he called it the Apartment Trilogy. There was Repulsion. There was mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby, which was filmed in the Dakota. Mm-hmm. And then there was a third, and I was not. I don't know if I was even aware of this movie. And, I, and I'm sorry. I know. Again, don't send in emails. I know his sexual yes. history aside, I do like a good Roman Polanski movie. Okay. Um, yeah, Chinatown. I have yeah, that's Chinatown, like one of my favorites. Um Rosemary's but. Baby. Could have lived without the version of Macbeth, but anyway. Um but anyway, there was a third part of that trilogy. It's called The Tenant. I believe it came out in about seventy five, and she was in that. Okay. What's um, somebody's last movie? We're gonna find out who. Well, it was pretty close to Jovi and Fleet's last movie. Because I think like, right. she had this. I guess it I counts. She, yeah, I think she had this, um, the Roman Polanski movie, and an episode of um, Police Woman. Yeah, Satan School for Girls mm-hmm. in 1973, mm-hmm. The Tenant in 1976. Please an episode of Police Woman starring Miss Angie Dickinson, who played the role mm-hmm. in Ringo, the TV movie. Yes, yes, yes. And then there was a Mother Vonda in a TV movie called Power, and then something called Seize the Day from 1986, which I don't remember either. So she had four parts after this. Okay. Okay. But this, but this school is, is a totally normal school, right? I say, sorry. 
air quotes. Yeah, the air quotes. Like, now, I went to art school, so I have a lot to say about this art teacher. Okay, well, I was going to ask you some questions about, like, <laughs> okay. if, you, if you looked at the boxes. Are they coming you, at you? Are they coming at you or are they receding? <laughs> Can you blink your mind, Tim, and see that if the boxes were receding when you saw them coming out or vice versa? Does that act, is that actually a, an exercise you learn in art school? I was going to ask I, you that question. I'm going to say I think they showed us all those optical illusions in grade school those and those ambiguous images you know what that is that's where the, the picture could look like an old lady or a vase right you and know those depending on your personality is how you well they say that i don't know it's a mystery but but that's grade school optical illusion stuff in college he's supposed to be having them uh you know draw models this right. is as how many movies have we watched with college and high school where it's the most boring high school and college because this this school he's like no uh <laughs> they weren't drawing nude models uh right. well wait I'll, I'll get to the rest of the boringness but i want to stick to the art thing that that yeah he, he's yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not that i'm just i'm just trying to um i'm, I'm not outraged by it because it's just an old movie right it's an old movie and there's somebody you know I, you know, I doubt, even though he did write Brubaker, I doubt maybe this, the writer did not go to. I don't want to spoil the movie, but this art teacher is uh, somebody also. You're like, yeah, he'd have nude models. They'd have leather masks on. Uh, yeah. But but we'll get there. We'll get there. And and when I went to college, the obviously there's some people who are super shy because, well, we are 18, 19. And basically I had this old guy. He's a famous painter. Uh, uh, he, he, we were drawing the models and half, he'd walk around the room and he'd be going like, draw the penis. What's your <clears> problem? <throat> draw the penis. Cause there's obviously some shy boys or girls. Yeah. You get yeah. there like, we're not drawing that. Right. And he'd come around like, no, put the balls on that. <laughs> yeah. Cause what you want to do to socially awkward <laughs> college freshman in art school is, you know, Keep yelling the different genitalia right at them so everybody can hear. Yeah, that'll you can get do that of, in art school. That's that'll, that'll, get, that'll get them out of their shell. <laughs> I wonder how many, uh, you know, and this is just a, uh, I don't want to say a rhetorical question, but I really don't expect an answer from it. I wonder how many people got to art school and said, who would have been very talented artists and said, you know what, I just don't think this is for me. <laughs> just because of that, you're saying? Well, just because of, you know, you know. Like <laughs> that's you, how you weed out the people that can't take it, I think. I see. Okay. Are we talking? What are we still talking about? We're talking about how she's gotten to where she's still at the <laughs> yes, school. She's, she's, she's met the headmistress, who apparently was a student <laughs> there, and the building has existed in one form or another since was for three hundred years, which would bring it to like sixteen seventy three. Yeah. I, did they mention the 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 Witch trials that ta- happened in Massachusetts as if they had happened in California. Did I mishear that? Well, the school is actually in Salem. Massachusetts. The school was actually in Massachusetts. What? Be- well, okay. So, and this is kind of. I you- double checked it. I'm like, they're in California, right? No, it opens I- up in California. The sister has oh. flown from Massachusetts to California and that opening. Now, uh, you know, I've been to LA a lot of times and I'm sure there are some rural roads 
um, from LAX, but I don't ever remember going, leaving LAX and being on such a rural road. But well, again, it was 19, again, it was 1973. So what do I know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So the, no, the school was in Massachusetts. So, yeah. Well, so I feel stupid. I thought I checked it online because I was like, are they supposed to be in Massachusetts? This looks so much like California, which obviously they were in California. Oh, you know, they definitely filmed it in California. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course, they filmed it in California. Yeah, but no, the setting was supposed to be in Massachusetts. They didn't try it off for any kind of setting, any kind of old trees in Massachusetts. Well, it was kind of, you know, it was filmed at night a lot. So, I yeah. mean, I guess. And most of the action took place actually in the dormitories and the school building. So, it really, there weren't really a lot of exterior shots no. until people started getting beat, beaten with sticks. But I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and before you move on from nude models, I've got one more thing. Okay. <laughs> I started this with Trog and I liked it. I'm going to, you know Crispin Glover, right? Oh, of course, yeah. When I was thinking about this terrible art teacher and the nude models, something came to mind I wanted to share, and that is Crispin Glover how... was a nude model in your art class. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. No, you... no, no. <laughs> it is how nude models are like Crispin Glover. How are, mood, how, I'll bite. how are nude models like Crispin Glover? Well, there's about five ways. Number one, they both make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> the second way that a nude, nude models are like Crispin Glover, they both got close to David Letterman's face. <laughs> nude models and Crispin Glover both failed to appear in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> and both both Crispin Glover and nude models get a break after sitting still for 20 minutes. Uh-huh. So and Crispin Glover and nude models, you don't want to look, but you can't help it. Thank you, Jeff. There you go. <laughs> and of course, as, as long as we're scratching off sponsors, let's scratch off future guests Chris- and scratch off Crispin Glover. Chris- <laughs> oh, man. I sent him an email asking. I know. I'm still holding out for the Louise Fletcher, so we might be okay. We might be able to do it without Crispin. So we can get I'm still Louise holding Fletcher. out for Paul Williams. Come on. Still... I just don't think Paul Williams has a microphone. That's all. I'll bet you that you have 60 years in the music business. He does not own a microphone. I'll bet you that's what it is. All right. I did, so see, where Kenneth, I did see where Kenneth Asher did do the string arrangements on Meatloaf's Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. Anyway. Yeah. I think I mentioned that, John. Did you really? I don't recall that. <laughs> You're asleep. Maybe I was asleep. Did you mention that last week? Because yes, you did mention it last week. No. I was kind of just coming out of a coma. So, so then they go to rat class. Do you have anything to say about this rat class? So well, I the can... first thing, like, because there was, there was a, a totally white maze, and mm-hmm. then there was a red door, because that it was going to be part of the experiment, because of the food. Initially, they were going to have the food behind the red door, and that's mm-hmm. how the rest... I was under the impression that rats were colorblind, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. I, I could be wrong about that. Maybe it's dogs. I don't know. But anyway. I think you got. Okay. So, yeah. So, they were going to keep having the food behind the red door. And then they were going to put it behind the white door. And when they first showed that shot, I don't know if it was the angle or the lighting, but it looked like there was, like, blood dripping down. I missed that. Well, it's very easy to miss, but when they first show the maze, I'm like, is that blood on the maze? And then when they do it from another angle, I was like, oh, no, the entire door is red. But from that angle, uh-huh. I was like, have the, have the mice been eating each other? You know, I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, because 
he keeps changing with the tree. The, the right, prices, with the right? So eventually they treat each other and just become cannibals. <laughs> you notice something about these mice. Oh, they first wearing, of all, can we say it's uh, Professor... <laughs> these rats. These rats. Oh, they're rats. I'm, excuse Professor... Me, Delacroix. Delacroix. Uh, Lloyd Botchner, who played Cecil Colby in a future Aaron uh, Spelling production, uh, Dynasty. Of Dynasty. And also played Hall Sr. in Mazes and, and Monsters. The, really? A, a now classic Seti Bimco episode. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Well, I, uh, Mr. Well, what's the name of the actor? Lloyd Botchner. <laughs> he did, he was doing his best John Cleese, don't you think? I don't he know was almost he, going full John Cleese. I, no? I don't know what he was trying to do. <laughs> he was walking around like John Cleese. I think he was just trying to get through ten days of work and just trying to get a <laughs> trying to get a check is what I think Lloyd Botchner was trying to do. But those rats, they have they weren't wearing any pants. <laughs> they weren't wearing any pants. So this movie is not allowed to be shown in the well, state it does of say Tennessee. TV, it does say TV Emmett. Yes. It's not allowed to be because <laughs> there are pants there is there is rodent nudity <laughs> in Satan's school for girls. So if you are watching in Tennessee, we apologize. It probably is blocked out in your state. <laughs> Unless your internet provider comes over the border from Kentucky, North Carolina, or Ohio. But the- the rat party, the rat party is very exciting, but not so exciting that they don't all have to run off to Dr. Clampett's famous wine parties. Yes. And this is where I thought <laughs> Dr. Clampett, you know, is, you know, the typical mm-hmm. young, younger <laughs> college professor that hangs out with the students and hangs out with the students and gets them drunk. And we know. Because every school should have a, a, a alcoholic mixer where the teachers drink with the students. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and they, they're all ho- holding wine glasses. I don't know if you look close, but that wine had a foam on it. I think they put beer or something about in that it. Too. When, they welcome, <laughs> when they welcome Elizabeth to the, to the school, they give her that huge... It looks like something that would like be on a, a bar piano player's like you'd throw the tips in, you know what I'm talking about? That wine glass oh, was yeah. so big. And it looked like it was beer. And then when Professor mm-hmm. Clampett was drinking, but I think that might have been beer that he had. I don't know, but it did look like beer. I don't know. Yeah, in, I, I, I thought the, about that immediately too. In the seventies everybody was high and they put beer in wine glasses. Because, yeah. And they thought they it was high. amazing. And what were they high on, Tim? Disco biscuits. Disco biscuits, exactly. <laughs> Which we're happy to have as a sponsor. If they ever want disco biscuits. Get that 70s feeling with disco biscuits. What happens next? They drink, they get drunk. Again, uh, like many of the schools we've seen in movies, the most boring school, they at least drink wine, but there's no beer parties, there's no drugs in their room. Mm-hmm. There's no lesbian hookups, because all nothing. They don't they do nothing. Not even implied. There no, wasn't not even, even there implied. There wasn't even like any like sexual lesbian tension. No, there None was no sexual so, tension between anybody. Like you know, no back rubs, no shower scenes where they're scrubbing each other's backs. <laughs> yeah, the normal. Now, come stuff. on, Aaron Spelling, you were going to be doing Charlie's Angels <laughs> in another three years, didn't you think of this? Yes. Or did the Brubaker was... guy not want to write it? Is that what it was? Hey Arthur, hey Arthur, how about a scene where the girls are lathering each other down in the shower? He's like, "No, I refuse to do it. In my <laughs> contract, I have final say." Damn. And oh, and before so, we get too too far into it, there is a very um, troubled girl. 
well, several of them are troubled, as we find out later. But and she's the best artist, right? And she's Loved the her best painting. artist, and her name is um, her name is um, Liz uh, Debbie. Right? Oh, Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Um, and she has drawn a she has painted a portrait of Elizabeth's sister, uh, Martha, with this terrified look on her face. It was a very terrifying look, and it's a very nice painting. It was a very nice painting, and it was, it was the most interesting thing that came out of that art class. I'm going to tell you. I know. <laughs> The other girl painted a tree. A and tray, like, I know. Pete Jackson painted mm-hmm. a tray. And even the art teacher says, and maybe she'll figure out what to do with that. Or some, he says some, yeah. some real, some real like snarky, <laughs> passive aggressive comment. Did you notice that? Yes. Yeah. Maybe this painting will go somewhere or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> but um, you, so, you painted the, you painted the sky blue. Interesting choice. Yes. And, but I did notice very early on, you know, Elizabeth and mm-hmm. Martha's parents were dead. And right. then Lucy, the roommate in the beginning, who didn't want, don't tell him that I told you, don't tell him that you met me when you go <clears> up <throat> there, who was Chris Pine's mother, the actress. Mm-hmm. She was an orphan. Kate Jackson yes. was an right? Suddenly, like, things are starting to fall into place. Like, hmm, yes. all these girls are orphans because they're all talking about guardians and, and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it's like, hmm. So kind of very early yes. on, you're like, hmm. That but there is, still wasn't a lot, but yeah, I was like, hmm. Yeah, again, a lot of this stuff comes out in like the last 15 to 17 right. minutes where you're really like, oh man, this would have made such a good movie if you actually like it spread out <laughs> a whole hour and 13 minutes. And maybe kind of, because the headmistress, Miss Williams, she apparently was a student there at one time. Right. That would have been she a was... great, that would have been a great story to have in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole... Um, Going back to the Salem witch trials, the legend was that there were eight women mm-hmm. who were accused of being witches in the Salem witch trial, eight eight figures in later in the story. <laughs> that would have been a great flashback to have had. All these Flashback things. to some boy carving her name on the door for a good time call. For a good time That's call. <laughs> for a good time call, Ezekiel. No, the dragon lady. I forget. I don't, I don't know her The name. dragon lady, Miss Williams. They called her that so much that it was... Yeah. Yeah, and then in the end, it was like, Miss Williams, are you okay? (laughs) Ah, So where are we now on this? So, okay, so the lights go out. The lights go out. As a matter of fact, in the beginning, and you knew the lights were going to be going out because Joe Van Fleet, the headmistress in the beginning, gave Elizabeth the oil lamp to say, we're so far out, basically that they're so far out on the power grid that the power goes out a lot. And that you, so, mm-hmm. you know, at some point the power is going to go oh, out. Yeah. I believe they call that dramatic foreshadowing, Tim, I believe is the correct term. Yes, I think so. You're so. Like, yeah, okay. The lights are, yeah. And, and when, the, and then the lights finally do go out and you're like, uh-huh, there you go. <laughs> Saw it coming. So she, yeah, visits her friend who's uh, Debbie, right? Debbie, the kind of, I, yeah, I use keep using the word the adjective troubled, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Um, she's very um, disturbed, very almost yes. haunted. And then, new, and then also, word gets back at one point, and I'm kind of going out of sequence here, where Lucy, Martha's roommate, played by Chris Pine's mother, has also committed suicide. Eventually, yes, yes. that news gets back to him. So now you've got Martha's committed suicide, and now. Because uh, Lucy, the roommate, has committed suicide. And she bursts. She bursts through the door in art class to say, "Remember, she bursts the door open and says, Debbie, Liz committed suicide.' Or I can't remember who she said. Liz or Liz, Debbie committed suicide. I can't remember. So 
<laughs> the girl you talked to in the beginning that we don't know about because you're under the assumed name has committed suicide is okay. basically the gist of it. Yeah, was it Cheryl Ladd? Maybe it was Cheryl Ladd. Yes. I don't know. Because when we watch movies like this, I'm like, this movie was made because they just need to sell some advertising on TV. It's, right. it's as far from someone right. making a right. piece of art as you can get. But right. I try to look at it and think, well, someone wrote this, so there's a germ of something there, just like The Boys Next Door. Mm-hmm. Probably it could have been just written as a piece of crap. And like I said, I looked at it and I thought, are they writing that it was Roy? Was he confused about his sexuality? Because he didn't seem to want to hunt down girls in the movie. And I'm like, it looks like they didn't think of that, but it almost seems that way. Did they try to write that and it got all taken out? Or and- Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Did they, did they write it and people are like, oh, we're... A faggot movie isn't going to sell, so they kind of cut that well, out. Well, it, it wouldn't have been a complimentary one to say I'm killing people because I'm confused. That's insulting too. But right. Not that they're not that they're thinking that in the 80s. But. Right. Well, no, actually, they were <laughs> thinking about that in the 80s because there was a movie again, not to get into gay history, but there mm-hmm. was a movie with Al Pacino that came out around 80, 81 called Cruising. Oh yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you recall this? And it was a gay serial killer and. Mm-hmm. Or it was a serial killer in the gay world. I'm not sure if they ever determined the serial killer was gay. And the there were protests. Com- yeah, right? the gay community said because it was a poor yeah. portrayal of gay people. Because not that there wouldn't be a gay serial killer, John yeah. Wayne Gacy. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, that there were so few representations of gay men. Why right. was it the movie you made yes. had, the, had the gay man a killer? I think is kind of the yes, point. Yes, I vaguely remember that, that there were protests. Yeah. So anyway. And it's actually a terrible movie, and I don't know why Al Pacino did it. He kind of had a little <laughs> lull there. Okay, now we're really getting off. The, I could talk about author, <laughs> author, and cruising, and uh, and justice for all, and I could kind of get yeah. through that kind of John's role. spinoff podcast, Gay History with John, will be coming yeah. soon. Gay coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. And when Chris Pine finally comes out of the closet, uh, come on and... uh, Come on the show. Come on the show, Chris. You can be my (laughs) co-host. We're going to get sued by Chris Pine now, aren't we? Yes. Chris Pine, not a a sponsor. Because his mother might hear... You know, one of these actors is going to be like, oh, Satan's School for Girls, I did that movie in 1973. (laughs) And she's going to listen to it. And we're calling her son a closeted homosexual. (laughs) But hey, we might get some Stop. listeners. <laughs> we might get some listeners. Like Catherine Hepper says, no such I don't thing as bad history. Unless he's good or bad, just spell my name right. Yes, that's true. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're. I lost we... track where we were. She steals the girl's painting. She steals the girl's painting. Oh, she finds the place in the basement it was painted because she. Right. Yeah. She goes. And, okay. So let's. Let, yeah. Let's. Because this is kind of. There, were, there was like a lot of dramatic music, and she's just sort of looking around with the. the house, she have yeah. the oil lamp on her or the flashlight? I can't yes. remember. Some light source. The lamp, because the lights have gone out. And there's a big build up to just show this like knife in a hand in the corner. <laughs> yes, in the basement. In the basement, and she runs off and cut to Lloyd Botchner looking at her with an angry face on. So you're led to believe that. Lloyd Botchner is the yeah. killer. The red herring is, I believe, what they call that. Because he was only in the basement with a knife spreading ketchup on his uh, mayonnaise sandwich. On his mayonnaise sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's what was yeah, going he, on. He had hot dogs mayonnaise. Because uh, we never we, knew why he was in the basement. With Reese's Pieces. and Reese's Pieces. 
And uh, he's like, you know what? I just can't have I can't have just mayonnaise on this hot dog. Give me some ketchup too. <laughs> yes, kind of make kind of have like a little Thousand Island action mm-hmm. going on there. Yeah, that was the seventies. That was the seventies. That was in the cookbook, Julia Child cookbook. There you go. <laughs> So, so wait, now so, I am now I am kind of lost. Uh, okay, let me. Get no, no, we this. cut to his face because we're in class, rat class the next day. We're in, where rat, we think. We're in rat class, and those <laughs> screaming rats are really getting on my nerves. Can I just he's, say that out loud? He's teaching I, rats what it was going to be like to be on Facebook in the future. Right, exactly. totally psychotic behavior he's teaching them. Yeah, he was like, "Are the rats coming towards you? Or are the rats receding? Close your eyes." Yeah, close your eyes. Are they coming at your face, ripping out your eyes, or are they scared of your face and cowering in a corner? Right. Now blink your mind, and you know now they're coming and ripping out your eyes. I wish there were more rat action in this movie, but we only got two rat classes. You got two rat classes in, this in the whole movie. There's probably three or four on the cutting room floor because they had to get it all in an hour and fifteen minutes because they had to advertise. Oh, I don't know. Tang. I think there's yeah. I think there's an outtake I, I read yeah, about I, where I think tang, rat I think, class the girls the girls think, dressed I, up the rats in little suits. Yeah, if I do recall, <laughs> I do believe Tang did sponsor this. You know, yes, and 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 York peppermint patties. We're losing viewers. They don't know what Tang is. Tang, tang. yeah, it was terrible because I believe also on that night a Charlie Brown Christmas was running. But anyway, um, oh, so we go to the next night um, the where night. Elizabeth returns to the cellar with Roberta this time, Kate Jackson, right. and they find and oh 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 oh. So in between, like somehow Debbie has gotten out of her room and she like looks out into the dark and she just starts laughing like ha ha like almost maniacally like she's free mm-hmm. and she goes running into the dark and that's the last you see. Of Debbie mm-hmm. alive, because okay. the next night, yep, Elizabeth and I'm going to call her Kate Jackson because we're never <laughs> going to remember Roberta. Yes. Go down in the basement and they find that's right, her, her dad. She's now, how they determine this is suicide? <laughs> because well, she, she was, was covered with ketchup. She was covered with ketchup. If you noticed, and she was allergic to ketchup, John. She was allergic to ketchup, which they had established. <laughs> they didn't establish at the wine it, party. They said, hey, Debbie, would you like some ketchup in your wine? She's like, oh, no. And she screamed and ran out. Uh, she screamed and ran out and said, I'm allergic to ketchup. <laughs> so sodium will send my blood pressure through the roof. <laughs> so, yeah, so they determined that a suicide. Right. Okay. How we don't know why. Up, how, how they came up. Okay. I could kind of see, like, the sister in the locked room or the locked living room, you know, hanging in the beginning. I could probably see the room because they never really did dramatize that on screen. That was sort of like <laughs> that happened, you know, off scene. You know, they just came in and talked about it. But right. I mean, how they came up with a with a suicide on that one, I don't know. They're finally going to confront Professor Delacroix, Lloyd mm-hmm. Botchner, burst into his office because they're convinced he's the one that's doing all these murders. And they mm-hmm. come in and he has a gun in his hand with this deranged look on his face. Mm-hmm. And he thinks something is after him, and he jumps out the window. Yes, two stories. Two stories. Gets up, kind of brushes himself off, and runs off to the lake. Runs off to the lake. He falls into walk. the lake. Yeah, he, he doesn't know the, the grounds very well. He's just he falling into the For somebody who's taught there for as long as he has, he really does not, does he? So First, he, he fell into the tar pits, but he got out of that. He got out then of he that. Fell, <laughs> then he, he fell into the, out of the tar pits because, he's, because he saw the lady getting hit in the head with the bottle. And then right. he ran. Oh, wait, wait, am I confusing my movies? I think I'm confusing my yes. movies now. 
So, anyway, so Cheryl Land shows up with this big, like, pole. Bamboo. It looks like Bamboo. one of those poles that you would, like, um, like you would, like, a gondola. Guy, like, yeah, a gondola or, like, a raft down the middle. It looks like something that would be, like, Huck Finn, like, you know, going down the Mississippi mm-hmm. on the raft and you'd use this pole to. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, reaching out to the pole, like, help me, help me. And all these yep. girls start circling and they all got poles and they just yep. basically start beating the tar out of them. <laughs> yes. And he can't swim away. And he can't swim away, even though it's only two <laughs> feet of water. It looks like it, yes. I mean, it looks like that kind of – doesn't look so much like a lake as it looks kind of like a swamp is what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, dude, just stand up. Just stand <laughs> up, Lloyd Botcher. You'll be fine. You won't be drowning. But at that, point, at that point, the sticks were all around him, and whether he was standing or not, he would have just gotten the bejesus yep. beaten out of him, which he did. So we know that all the women are evil except for our hero and and Kate. Uh, was it Kate? Kate Jackson. Kate Jackson, not Kate and Allie. Kate Jackson. Or or do we know that, Tim? <laughs> I had already figured out she was not to be well because I had already had the plot in Wikipedia. See, that's the thing you read. Oh, the plot, I didn't read, read the whole plot. You read the plot in Wikipedia, and then you go watch the movie. And you're like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> So there was nothing really, and like these scenes that I thought were going to be really scary. I'm like, ooh, okay, the scene where a man with a sharp object tries to accost me. So I'm like bracing myself for like this thing to just like boom, drop out, pop out on the screen. It's just like they just show a hand with a knife. I'm like, well, that was anticlimactic. Yes, I'm waiting for these. I'm waiting for these scary scenes to make me jump out of my skin, and they never happen because it was yep. ABC in 1973. I'm guessing. Yes. Um, well, here's my, uh, you know, they're all acting. Well, maybe we'll get to the end of the movie. Okay, let's let's, get get to the to, end let's of just movie. get to the end of the movie. Let's, let's not prolong the agony any longer. We're so, there. So Miss Williams, the headmistress of the Dragon Lady, Jo Van Fleet, is sitting in her office, and she thinks that she's still a student in the school because she's like, she's going to get demerits because the headmistress is, she's in trouble with the she, headmistress, and you shouldn't be in her office, and don't be looking through that. You're going to get thrown out of reality. school. Again, which would have been a great flashback to see. Like this mm-hmm. has been obviously been going on because he's trying to replace these eight girls who were killed in the basement during the Salem witch trials. There's eight. Yep. And, and that's the premise. He's trying to get this. He's got seven girls that are devoted to him. He's trying to get the eighth girl. And so Elizabeth's sister, Martha, she's going to be Which the is eighth. weird because I thought seven was like the evil number. Well, there were the is seven sisters in, in, in Psychomania. I know. <laughs> I don't know how they came up with eight. Hmm. Maybe I'll I should have maybe on. I should have researched this more. Is this eight a magic movie? number or is three a magic number? Or is two a magic well, number? Well, I know the song was three. Three is a magic number. Okay. Well that is the magic number, John. Yes, it is. <laughs> a man and a woman have a little baby. River schoolhouse rock? <laughs> I do. Three times one is three. Three times two is three times not gonna, three. Is nine. Not gonna be a sponsor of the show because they don't yes. exist anymore. They don't. Anyway, um, and hopefully we won't have to pay money for that song. But I believe the gentleman who wrote it did just pass away about two or three mm-hmm. years ago. All right. So, yeah. So, so we're so, okay. So blah, 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 blah. And two, we're down to the two girls because they send all the, the other girls away. They send all the other girls away. Well, they're in the basement. We find out. Well, not all, like most of the girls. This school well, seems to have a bunch of students that we only see in one scene when they put them on buses. Right. They get put on buses and they're all. Driven the out. one girl's like in love with the art teacher, which is how it is. She's leaving. Well, I think they were all She's in love like, with the art teacher. Yeah, I think they all were. Of course. You could have had them all. You nailed <laughs> them all. But okay, so getting back to like this eight, you know, we're talking about eight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he needed this eighth girl and there was going to be Martha and she wouldn't do it. And then 
the roommate, Chris Pine's mother, who obviously wouldn't do it, and then Debbie, who obviously wouldn't do it. So they all wound up, air quotes, committing suicide. And yes. I don't know, did they think that Elizabeth might be the eighth one? I don't know. They get down to the basement. They're all, the six girls are in the robes. Mm-hmm. The, the professor, the art professor is in this dark cloak. Turns Obviously, out, Satan. He's Satan. He's dressed in a dark cloak. You know, like you do when you're a 20-year-old <laughs> girl. You want to get in tight with Satan. Yes. And then basically, like, Kate Jackson turns around. And she's actually kind of like the head girl. She's kind of like mm-hmm. like, the lute- like Satan's lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, she, she puts on a white robe. She puts on the white robe. And, you know, so they start talking about the whole thing. And um, Elizabeth takes an oil lamp, throws it. The seller bursts into yep. flames. They all just kind of stand there accepting their fate. She goes upstairs, gets Miss Williams, the headmistress, out. She grabs yep. the oil lamp out of her head. There must have been a lot of oil on that lamp because, boy, <laughs> she throws it out of the stairs. And it's like a three-alarm fire immediately. Well, halfway through the movie, I was like, oil lamps. I bet you she's going to set whoever on fire yeah, that's there behind you us. Go. Yeah, there you go. So they get out, and finally the cops show up. Finally, like, because, oh, because <laughs> yes. earlier in the thing, Ms. Williams, the headmistress, was she pretended like to call she was them, calling, though. but she had her hand on the plunger so, on the phone. For those of who you who them? did not leave in 1973 with a rotary dial phone, you used to yeah. hang up your phone with the plunger mm-hmm. that the receiver rested in the cradle on. And how they yeah, come out, I don't know, but suddenly there they were. But Fire they're them. like, but did the, guy, the firemen, are you going to say this? Or well, there were no firemen. It was just the cops were like, yeah, we thought yeah. that because of the power problem that this place, and there it was, burning. <laughs> But he was like, oh, well, we're too late. Oh, That's well, pretty much what he just stood there. He just didn't like run to do anything. Well, like, I'm not going. In. They're dead already. I mean, there's no sense. That's what he said. It's like, mean, oh, we're too late. Well, we're too late. You know, I'm not going in. <laughs> you need some I'm donuts? Not, you know, my salary. I got three years to my pension. <laughs> I'm not going in. You know, I'm retiring. I'm moving to Boca. Um, and yeah, basically, so then Satan slash the art professor. Of course. Is standing there watching the burning building, smoking a cigarette. And the he artist basically fades away and they pan down to the ground and the lawn is burned where he was standing. <laughs> yes. <I> roll credits <laughs> and start waiting for the Emmy nominations. <laughs> yeah. So there, so here's my theory. Okay. Oh, I want to hear I, this. I think like the band ABBA, Abba. Oh, don't Everybody. you don't try, don't don't you dare drag <laughs> Abba into this, Mr. Tim Hamilton. All the people at this school were on drugs, just like Abba. Just like Abba. <laughs> and hence no, teach. I think I think the CIA laced everything in that school <laughs> with LSD. That's the only thing that explains what was going on at that school. Yeah, <laughs> they were all very high. <laughs> yeah, they're all on hallucinogens. It was a CIA experiment, you know, from that wine party, air quotes again. (laughs) That's that's where the LSD got slipped to them. Nobody burned up. Nobody burned up. They all just maybe they did. I don't know, but no, I think they did. They just didn't care at that point. They just didn't care. Did you have a theory? Are you done with this? I, I had no theory. I was like, okay, roll credits. Thank God. That means it's quiz time. I'll call it the Bim Co- SETI Q&A. Bring I'll quiz quizzes. Do you like quizzes, John? I do love quizzes. I'll call it SETI Q&A. Bring twist. The Bim Co- I love quizzes. Answer the Bim Co- I'll call it theme song. Mm, no. Did you know I made a quiz? Did you make a quiz? 
I did not make I made a quest because I was thinking you were just going to do the standard. Okay. I liked it when you challenged my brain that one time. Oh, okay. I'm no, gonna, I, I'm gonna, I didn't have it in me this week. I'm going to do this one. There were so many things I was going to do this week. and um, But we, no, we'll save them for another week. But no, coming up with a quiz was not one of them. And I thought, well, worst case scenario is we'll just go to the standard. We'll see if the viewers like quiz time. Yeah. George will hate it. And uh, then we'll have about 100 other viewers yeah. that love it. So Joe sorry, Van George. Fleet farted in the elevator. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> yes. She couldn't Question help one. it, though. She couldn't Who help it, Who most though? likely would fart in a crowded elevator from this movie? i got to say Joe Van Fleet, <laughs> but I don't think she did it intentionally. I just don't think she could help herself. <laughs> I Yes, I think once she thought she was a student again, yeah. we're going to find out. She's just an awful, terrible person as a student, and she, she just farts in the elevator all the time. farting in the dining hall all the time and elevated. Any chance she would get, she would just let one rip. See, there was the story right there. Yes, rat, ratting out every girl that had a boy in her room. Yeah, uh, She was just a terrible person. Yeah, All those rats, remember when they go into, first go into Lloyd Boschner's office and all the rats yes. are dead? Because she let one rip. <laughs> it was noxious. And all the rats died. <laughs> all right. We killed that question. We killed, we nailed it. <clears throat> okay. Who would most likely start a podcast from this uh, movie? Oh, Let's see. Gosh. I think that's pretty obvious. It's the girl that lived uh, that investigated it. Yeah, all, it right? Yeah, it'd be like a true crime. Like, yeah, she, it'd be like, she, then she'd be going after like satanic cults. Like, that would be her. She, yeah. Like, she she, you know, she would end up doing the satanic panic of the yeah, 90s. Like and she'd five, seven years later, she was doing episodes of Donahue. Because you know how Donahue, to get, like, national attention, came up with these, mm-hmm. like, outlandish episodes. And it'd be like, oh, yeah, I chased down satanic cults. And then she eventually, mm-hmm. after Donahue, years later, would have done a podcast. Or had she a had podcast a, done about her. That, that uh, yeah, or she'd be on Alex Jones's show. You know? mm-hmm. Oh, there I you go. So. Yeah, she'd probably be a Trump voter, yeah. <laughs> He'd be uh, I hadn't thought of that. So, who who would most likely have a TV spinoff? Mm. Well, I say Satan, obviously. Probably. I think he, I think he should show up every week. Yeah. And tempt women. This right. would be an HBO show. Right. It would be uh, like uh, be a lot of nudity, com- like Three's Company with Satan. Mm-hmm. Like you know, two two girls struggling in LA in their own. Have to <laughs> have to take on a third roommate, and oh my God, Satan is my roommate. And you know, I, they're all their girlfriends start, you know, air quotes again, committing suicide every episode. You know, that'd be like yes, the running yes. gag. Oh, that'd be like the running gag: girls committing suicide every week. It's funny you say this. I don't watch this. Someone I know watches this. There's a show called Lucifer. Are you familiar with it? I'm familiar. I've never seen oh. it, but I am familiar. With so it. that's yeah. funny. That is about Satan. Mm-hmm. Living, living in the modern world, yes. Anyway, enough of that. And who who in this movie would win in a fight with Maud Finley? Nobody beats Maud. Nobody, not even Satan. Satan didn't have a chance. Not even Belzebub himself (laughs) would stand a chance against Maud Finley. I, yeah, I think uh, Kate Jackson would give her a run for her money, though. Nah, Kate Jackson, without unless she had Belzebub or Satan right there with her, nah, Kate Jackson <laughs> would crumble. Kate Jackson would, Kate Jackson would crumble. She would be okay. no match for Watson. Well, that's the end of quiz time. That is the end of quiz time and the end of Satan <laughs> School for Girls, which, by the way, they did remake in 2000 with Miss Shannon oh. Doherty in the lead role. 
And I wanted to see it just to see what they did with it. But the only thing I could find was like an actual physical DVD copy for $12.95. And I'm like, first of all, I don't even know where my DVD player is. Secondly, I'm I'm guessing up in in my mother's attic with the typewriters and the eight track player. Uh Um, Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that would have been, although I did notice that she actually did pick a different last name for her assumed identity. So Hmm. they wised up by (laughs) 2000. This is the best part of the show where we hope we have mail and we do have mail. I am so excited. I sent this to you, so I hope I'm saying this right. But we got a letter from New York Times bestseller George O'Connor, who's been on the show. Very, yes, a a, a beloved guest. Can I say beloved? Would that be? Yeah. Yeah, no, we like like George O'Connor very much. He says, hi, Seti Bimkovites. Ooh, very, you know, that's what we used to call each other when I was in the Communist Party. But anyway, go ahead. Right, yes. Bimkovites. One there time the, guests. There were the Bolsheviks, there were the Trotskyites, and there were the Bimkovites. There were. I was one of the Bimkovites. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting your letter. I just can't yes and that. I, I have nothing. Okay. <laughs> Bimkovites. All right. One time guest, second time writer, George O'Connor here. Regarding the last episode, Psycho Bico, I was amused by John's repeatedly calling frogs turtles. Yes. I didn't edit it out, John. I'm sorry. That's fine. However, I continued. Oh, however, I continued pedantically. Pedantically, John, yes. As I however, I continued pedantically. Pedantic, mm, I continued. John wrote it off several times. Oh, I see. John wrote it off several times as saying he was confusing amphibians. Well, frogs are indeed amphibians, but turtles are, of course, reptiles. Their last common ancestor lived over 350 million years ago. Fun fact, turtles are more closely related to birds than frogs. Well, that's all I have to say. I'm that sort of guy now who writes into podcasts about reptiles. Death to Maud, your pal, George. Well, first of all, George O'Connor, death to Maud. Them spiting words. Them fighting words. Oh, and who could take on who could take on Wad in a fight? New York Times bestselling author George O'Connor. I think not. Uh, I think not. Dionysus, uh, Zeus, Hera, Maud Finley would annihilate them all. Okay, <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. Oh, and by the all way, right. you know, cutting down my intelligence. Coming from a New York Times bestselling author, it doesn't hurt any less. It doesn't hurt any less. <laughs> Words are like fists, George O'Connor. You know, I'm a very, very fragile person but that's okay but yes i did i did speak incorrectly and as a matter of fact as i was saying i'm like maybe turtles aren't amphibians but i i thought amphibian well, meant that like they spent part of their time on land and part of their time in water mm-hmm. that was my definition Thus. of an amphibian which was probably that's probably how it was explained to me in second grade and well, i know it was probably wrong and i didn't catch it either I thought well, turtles lived lived in the sewer. They ate pizza. They were named Raphael, Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I thought turtles were mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if George has his, his turtle facts straight. Well, you know, and I'm also wondering, you know, that story, you know, and again, not to bring up a, you know, a painful moment in George O'Connor's, uh, you know, like, but he did tell us a story about the cute girl who thought mm-hmm. he was gay. Mm-hmm. And that's why maybe he couldn't continue things with her. Maybe if he thought back... Did he correct that girl? 
did she call turtles amphibians and he started oh, and he corrected yeah. her maybe maybe that's why he didn't maybe that's why he's like what is this guy talking <laughs> about amphibians? and turtles are related to birds so but george thank you thank you so much thank you so much for pointing out to me i have seen the error in my ways and i will and i will be um more uh, I, I will be more thorough in my research next time Reptile expert, heal thyself. Yes. Thank you, George. No, thank you, George. Thank you for... No. Thank, thank you, you, George. Thank you for pointing out my shortcomings. We're just you, kidding you. Your, your, name, your name will be coming up with a therapist quite frequently <laughs> next week. Is your you know, therapist he, jealous of this show? Because it, it probably does not you more good than therapy. I know, right? Actually, I don't have a therapist anymore. No, like I okay. like I went. No, I like went to like my last therapy session was like six years ago, and my mm-hmm. it was on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I called like the next day, which was Thursday and Friday, and I said, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm canceling my next therapy session. In fact, I don't think I'm coming back. I think I'm cured." Okay. <laughs> and I never went back. <laughs> no, because at that point, like I've been going to the therapist for like. Mm-hmm. Were you talking to the secretary? Well, when you no, said I said, I'm no, cured. No, it was after hours. I got the voicemail. I'm just oh. like, I think I'm curious. Nobody called me back. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I nope. pictured a secretary who's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, writing this mm-hmm. down. Writing this down. <laughs> I am sure. No, at that point, I've been going to therapy for like, I don't know, 15 <laughs> years. And like my dad was dying and it was just like, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, yeah. you know what? It's been 15 years. You know, I think, you know, there's going to be bad times in life and I'm just going to have to figure it out. Yeah. You know. No, well. George, George, I said... All that was in jest. Thank you for the letter. It was a very, it was a yes, very funny thank, letter. It really thank was. You for the letter, George. And thank you for being our guest. Still, you know. Mm-hmm. Now we got a letter from Corey Corcoran. I know, I know Corey vaguely. He's a comic movie fan. He's a fan of the Bat and Spider podcast, which is a fun podcast. They've mentioned us, so I'm just mentioning them back. Go listen to the Bat and Spider podcast with Chuck and Dale. And the movie mixtape with Marcy and Dirk, because you got to mention Dirk. Right. See, nothing, nothing British came up, so I couldn't be like, Dirk, explain this. Let's explain the aqua scuba. Although Elizabeth, <laughs> although Elizabeth in Satan's School for Girls was an English actress, and she was in the prime of Miss Jean Brody with Miss Maggie Smith. She slipped a few times, I think. I was like, what? English accent? Did mm. you hear that? I did kind of hear it a couple of times. Well, see, but you can cover it because it's kind of almost like a Boston accent, too. Like, yeah, it, it was yeah. kind of like, like, was that English or was that Boston? Yeah. Anyway, Corey yeah. Corcoran. I don't mean to ignore you, Corey. Corey writes, hey, Tim and John. Well, first of all, Corey does have a fanzine. Okay. Well, I'm going to get to that, John. I didn't oh, forget. Well, I just thought as part of the introduction, if we're talking oh, about Corey. Yes. He has a fanzine. He has a fanzine. Or, or, yeah. And the name of the fanzine is? Screezine. Screezine, yes. I hope I'm saying that right. It so. looks I've seen pictures of it. It looks great, Corey. I didn't order one yet, but uh I'll fix that. We'll take care of that. So Corey, this is Corey. I'm reading the letter now, John. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> This I'm is Corey from Austin, you. Texas. I'm loving the show so far. I can't thank y'all enough for not being yet another movie podcast. I'm also thankful that y'all are taking the time and effort to hit the late 40s to mid-50-year-old demographic super hard. Yay! Well, we we kind (laughs) of can't help it. (laughs) I listened to every episode in the past four days and finally caught up today. 
I'm glad I started from episode one so I could be in the loop with all the callbacks to previous episodes. That's right. You want to be up on the SETIverse. You really do, because I tell you, some days it just comes flying at you. <laughs> so far, the guests have been great, but the show doesn't even need them. Listening to you two is like hanging out with a couple of friends that can get that you can't get a word in edgewise with. I mean that as a compliment, of course. And we feel that way. Yes, We're constantly we talking over each other. We say that like <laughs> at the end of every episode. Like, I'm so sorry I talked over you. No, no, I'm sorry right. I talked over you. <laughs> But we have known each other since we were 15 years old. Yes. yes. And by I the hope, way, we do hope. love our guests. We do love our guests. Thank yeah. you for that compliment. Mm-hmm. For that compliment, Corey. But we do love it when we have our guests, too. I hope John never stops telling depressing stories about his friends and family. And Tim never stops referencing mod episodes. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a possible mod pod. Pronounced mod pod, I guess. Yes. I like mod 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 pod. Mod pod. Hey, we, we, can play two guys, we can play two guys from Boston. Yeah, welcome to the Mod Pod. Yeah, I like that. I'm Frank. <laughs> I'm Frank. This is Jerry. <laughs> We're, from We're from Needham. We're from Needham. Go, go Socks. More, this is more the fun Mod to say, Pod. More fun to say John. John. You're John. All right. Let's well, finish Corey's letter. I'm so sorry. But, P.S. I always listen to the very end so I can hear the angelic voices of Chuck and Dale singing Party Line. Party Line. It's a party line. I asked their permission for that and they said they'd, uh, they would uh, eventually charge me. So, no, they said they were honored. Oh, that was making nice. that up, John. But thank you, Corey. It's a very, uh, very nice letter. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that somebody likes listening to us. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad somebody is listening to us. <laughs> We need to watch a movie or to have a guest. Just uh, I like talking to people. I I don't care what their job is really. Yeah. As long as yeah. they fit into the show and. Yeah, yeah. That's why I've got uh, to figure out like who in my life I would get on here. But thank you, Corey. Thank you for the thank letter. Thank you, Corey. That was very kind. And uh, we. I want to see your 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 squeezing. Squeezing. I want to check that out too. And if you want to buy squeezing, oh, Corey, do you want me to give out your Instagram? Corey Corcoran, uh, I'd have to look it up, Corey. We'll do it. We'll yeah, do it sometime. Corey, Corey, send us an email and let us know yay or nay on giving out your Instagram information. No, seriously. Yeah. yeah, And we, yeah. Can, and we can give it out. Well, he that. wants to sell Screezine. I'm sure if you, if you Google that, you'll find him. Right, Screezine. Screezine, which is spelled S-K-R-E-E-Z-I-N-E. All right. Okay. That's the end of the show. That is the end of the show, which is very, uh, it was a, turned out pretty well, I got to say. We're kind of starting yeah. to get the hang of this, aren't we? Yeah. If you if, if you want to send an email in, it's setibimco, with an E at the end of it, at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram, seti underscore bimco, and setibim at Twitter. There. That is the end of the show. That is the end of the show. Tim, as always. Bye, John. I'll see you next week. It's a party line. Seti Binko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party line.
It's a party line.